the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black and Your Money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. Feel a little bit of blah, but I guess we have to work through that, huh? 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Not a lot of calls on the show anymore. I keep hearing it's about me and how I have this diatribe kind of angle that people want to listen to versus, you know, talk into. I don't know. I'd like to hear from you, to be quite honest with you. 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Let's talk stocks. Let's talk money. Let's talk Wall Street. Let's see what we see today. SP 500 is up 4. The Dow is up 46. The NASDAQ up 10. Nothing going on with gold. Oil's under, uh, well under $100 a barrel. 93.79 a barrel. It's kind of nice to see, which means we should have a little bit more spending change in our pockets after uh, we fill up our tanks, um, comparatively on a year-over-year basis for sure. The exporting good, they reported earnings that beat expectations by two pennies. Revenues also exceeded expectations. Same-store sales rose 3.2%. As strong sales in women's and youth apparel, offset declines in golf and hunting products. Um, Dick Sporting Goods is one of those companies that tends to do well if there's a shooting spree. Um, as gun advocates, you know, protect their right to own arms, Dick Sporting Goods is one of those plays on that. Just like Taser is a play on uh, cop shooting people um, in the headlines in the news. Uh, when there's riots in the streets, Taser does very, very well. Home Depot, the world's largest home improvement chain. They beat expectations. Revenues topped expectations. That's nice to see. The company also raised its full-year outlook. Again, housing is a, I'm not going to say a bright spot in the U.S. economy, but it's its certainly helping as the low cost of money has played out that way. What else do we have to talk about? Inflation remains pretty low. I think that continues to be a story. That's helped keep interest rates historically low. 
Uh, it's one of the key factors supporting higher valuations. The July CPI rose just one-tenth of a percent. That followed gains of four-tenths of a percent in May and three-tenths of a percent in June. Those larger increases were caused mostly by temporary factors. The year-over-year increase in CPI is, is a very low 2%. Inflation tends to run 2 to 4% a year, 2% being on the more happier side, 3% being the norm, 4% being on the, ooh, that's going to be a bit much. July housing starts jumped. Housing permits also jumped. Housing starts have stabilized over the past year, but the July data important in a you know counter downtrend the prior two months. There's some good news on the geopolitical front. The Iraqi and Kurdish forces are working together, supported by U.S. airstrikes. They reportedly retaken that Mosul, Mosul Dam, Mosul. BHP Billiton said they're going to spin off some assets. That's um, just unlocking some value. Google has been in the news a lot lately. Uh, I think that's worthy of note. The company went public 10 years ago. Larry Page said he wanted to get the search engine users out of Google and to the right place as fast as possible. Today, his company, Google, often is doing the opposite, providing as much information as possible to keep users in Google's virtual universe. A Google user searching for a hotel was shown 10 text links to online travel agencies and hotel operators. Now, Google shows them reviews. Google shows them photos. Google shows them an offer to book a room. Um, so things have changed. It's not quite the same old company that it once was. And, in fact, they've um, spawned antitrust investigations worldwide. So what once was a very innocent company has quickly become uh company of, I don't know, we should trust these guys. So stocks are rising on that Home Depot and housing data news. Both of them play, well, the housing data plays directly into the economy. Home Depot is an indirect play into what's going on in the economy. They kind of overlap for sure. Um, other big stories out there. Um, back to Google real quick. They're mulling over, they're mulling over online accounts for children under the age of 13, trying to let their parents help control how the service is used. They've been working on a version of YouTube. It's a video sharing site for youngsters, and they're considering other child-friendly accounts, such as its Gmail system. Internet companies such as Google and Facebook do not offer services right now currently to children under 13, but it's tough to catch users who sign up using false information. I know you're saying, wow. That's where we are, ladies and gentlemen. That's where we are. Um, other big stories of note, Sprint has cut its rates, and they say more new plans are coming. So Sprint, and we brought the story up a little bit yesterday, they unveiled a new pricing plan that offers customers 20 gigabytes of data and up to 10 lines for 100 bucks. That's pretty good. Dublin's data offerings. Latest in a string of price cuts and promotions sweeping the wireless industry. Um, new prices, will it revive a carrier that ha- has been hampered by an expensive network overhaul and rising competition? So they seem to be back in the game. The move comes recently after Verizon slash prices for its unlimited talk and text plan. T-Mobile expanded its family plan to six lines and could signal more price cuts ahead of the industry as a whole. Sprint's going it alone after scuttling a months-long effort to pursue a merger with number four U.S. seller 
provider, T-Mobile. Analysts worry the industry's latest discounts rate could increase pressure on already tight margins and rattle dividends. Top carriers like AT&T and Verizon are in the game. They've largely been able to mitigate the impact of T-Mobile's discounts on their own subscriber base. For some reason, I won't switch to T-Mobile. It just seems too beneath me. I'm a snob. But I have no problem going from Verizon to Sprint. So AT&T and Verizon will likely have to respond to price cuts at Sprint with steep discounts of their own to keep subscribers from migrating. So I think uh, consumers are the winner there for sure. So that's in the news today. What's on your financial mind? What's on your pea-picking financial mind? You let me know. We will jump on it. So um, let's see. I'm not seeing. Those are kind of the top stories of the day. After that, we're going to get into, you know, more of like story stock kind of area. Oh, well, I guess we have this going on. Um, Federal Reserve. They're going to release the minutes of its latest gathering tomorrow before central bankers meet in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. Fed Chair Janet Yellen, European Central Bank President Mario Draghi, will be amongst the speakers at the annual symposium on monetary policy. The Fed will be watching economic data to help economic gauge adjustments. One thing that we've seen on um, the Federal Reserve is, you know, they're focused heavily on, on job creation and job slack in the market. But today we saw a cost of living in the U.S. climb in July at the slowest pace in five months, indicating price pressures remain very, very limited, meaning they could continue doing what they'd be doing, keeping the monetary policy kind of cheap and loose. Rackspace was in the news today. Hedge fund Blue Harbor going 6.4% of the computer company. They said uh, trying to figure out shareholder value. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. You can find me online at robblack.com. Back in, Rob Black, your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about money, investing, and more. 800-516-1220. Teach calls in the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about money, investing, and more. Um, so Google's 10 years old as a publicly traded company. I found that to be kind of interesting this morning. Not like wildly Interesting, but pretty interesting. Um, Sprint cutting prices, I think, is good for we, the consumer. Um, although, doesn't it feel like we're kind of addicted to our phones at times? Uh, I always enjoy going out to dinner, taking a look at the young couples around, 
how many of them just sit on their phone while they're having a date uh, doesn't look like fun, you know what I'm saying? Anyhow, uh, let's talk a little financial planning with CFP, Chad Burton. Joining me now, CFP, Chad Burton. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. He manages wealth for clients, newfocusfinancial.com. Let's talk a little bit of mutual funds, and maybe let's take the angle of the introductory to a mutual fund. What do we need to know? Well, I think it's a matter of comparing apples and apples. Okay. Um, you know, with the whole idea of index investing and John Ogle from Vanguard, um, people got almost too fee sensitive. I mean, it's very important to look at fees when it comes to mutual funds, but people look at a large cap fund and see, or an, or an ETF, which now has four basis points. So four tenths of 1%, you can invest in the entire market through things like iShares. Yeah. Um, and so then they look at an international fund and see fees of around 1% or more, and they think, oh, I'm not going to touch that international fund. Yeah. The Pretty issue is, is that, yeah, that international funds are already just going to have higher fees because you, you want boots on the ground in those countries that they're investing in. You want to have the analysts know the companies, visit the management, things like that. So there's already more cost. So fees, when you look at the returns, especially if you're using Morningstar.com as a tool, the returns are net of fees. So you have to realize that. Sometimes you get what you pay for when it comes to fees. So what I like to concentrate on, what I always talk about, is when I'm investing in a broad stroke of large-cap U.S. stocks and large-cap or in mid-cap U.S. stocks, that's where I really, really like to use index funds or ETFs, all right? Um, or if I'm in a positive market for bonds where interest rates are steady and or coming down and all bonds look fairly attractive, index funds or ETFs are a good way to go there. When it comes to small cap international emerging markets or any alternative investments, you can, if you do the homework, find the funds that outperform the indexes. And what I mean by that is if you look at a, an index that's in you know, China, for example, a lot of times you look at that index and say, really, I don't want to own all of those companies that are in that index. I want a manager to be much more specific. So that's why I think managed funds and small cap, international emerging markets make more sense than index funds. Can I slow you down a bit? Sure. What does return net of fees mean? Well, so when you're seeing a return, um, you know, let's say you look at an a international index fund, like the MSCI index, and the return is 16%, but you see a managed mutual fund where the return for 2012 was 15 or 16% or 17, 18%, it, those returns are showing you net of the fees. It's your real return. Okay. Um, so it has the fees built into The them. fees are built into the return. and But people still, they look at the return and then they see the fees, even though the return is lower, they say, oh, the fee's much lower, so I'm going to buy that fund. That's not necessarily the right thing to do. It's a bad way to shop. Yeah. No. Uh, shopping on price tag alone, sometimes you get lower quality. No, shopping on the way the the real way to shop for managed mutual funds too is is you look at you know three, five, and ten year average returns. Yep. And then you look at consistency. You look at items like know what standard deviation means. If a fund as two funds have the same uh, longer term returns, look at the standard deviation. The one with the lower standard deviation has more consistency, less volatility. Um, and then look at how long the manager's been there. Make sure the manager or the management team has been in place for the length of the track record um, because too many funds change when they get a new person at the helm. And it's interesting for me to look at 10-year returns in large part because you're just, you, you fired through that. You're like, one, three, five, 10 years. To me, 10 years means how did it do after 9-11? How did it do 
with Bush's president? How did it do with Obama's president? How did it do with uh, the 2008 market correction? How did it do with their recovery? Did it out, did it outperform in good times? Did it underperform in bad times? Like, I need to know this stuff, or at least I need to think about it so I know I'm educated going into a, a purchase. Yeah, and you need to see what happened. Did they make big bets to get the returns? In other words, you want to look at the funds and, and realize what their you know annual holdings tend to be. They report to you on a quarterly basis, and if you start seeing too much weight in a certain sector where they're trying to make big bets to make up for mediocre returns, that's when you get a little bit wary of the fund and say, okay, well, they're, they're just trying to catch up and they're taking on too much risk. What do we need to know about alpha and beta of mutual funds? Well, beta is how, how much risk, well, how much movement you're going to have versus whatever index it's following. So if you have a large cap fund and it has a beta of one, if the market moves up 5%, your fund's probably going to move up 5%. If it moves down 10%, your fund's probably going to move down 10%. Beta of less than one means it, it moves a little bit less. So as the closer you get to retirement, the more you want to pay attention to the beta because you want exposure in those areas, but you want lower beta, lower volatility because you're drawing on your portfolio. Typically, uh, dividend-paying stocks that increase their dividends have a little bit lower beta in the long run, and that's why you focus more on that towards retirement. Alpha is a measurement of are you being compensated for the extra risk that you're taking. So when you can run a portfolio through, say, Morning, Morningstar, and you're overweighting in small cap, mid cap, emerging markets and taking on more risk, are you truly being compensated for that risk? And that's important, the, the more money that you have. That's CFP Chad Burton. You can find him online at newfocusfinancial.com. He manages wealthy clients. You can learn more information about him at newfocusfinancial.com. And I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Yesterday we talked about raising a child, how it costs you roughly a quarter of a million dollars from age zero to 17. Wow. That's, like, significant, right? Um, does that make you think about being a parent? Or not really? European stocks this year. They're supposed to be a big winner. Instead, they've been kind of struggling. The iShares Europe Exchange Traded Fund, down 2.1% this year. Ticker symbol is IEV. Obviously, the European sanctions uh, on Russia. High-profile companies like Adidas and Lufthansa have said sanctions are hurting their businesses. Underperformance of European stocks comes as bit of a surprise at the strong performance of the U.S. stocks last year. Many felt values were better in Europe. So maybe next year will be better for Europe. Maybe back half of this year will be better for Europe. Are you prepared for it if Russia and Ukraine tensions die down? 800-516-1220. So you meet me there behind those castle walls Just like
so for about a year and a half now, we've been hearing rumors that Google's going to try to get us to pay for YouTube. A new subscription-based music service leaked screenshots published on Android Police claimed to detail the features of the new service called YouTube Music Key. New service was first spotted when Google began purchasing domain names related to the phrase Music Key as YouTubeMusicKey.com, MusicKey.co.uk. You get the idea. In a series of leaked screenshots, Android Police claims to have detailed the features of the new service. It looks like it's going to be a premium version of YouTube. It's going to include offline playback videos, concert footage, exclusive remixes, and an absence of ads. The price has not yet been announced, but it's expected to be $9.99 a month. Subscribers to the new YouTube Music Key service will be given free subscription to Google's other streaming music service, Google Play. Confusing our Google Play Music all access. Um, so it's a little confusing, right? Um, we'll see. Um, is it going to launch this year and or not, and will people pay and or not? Um, I could tell you as a person who knows a couple of teenagers, um, neighborhood kids and such, that they basically sit and watch YouTube videos all day long. Shockingly, all day long. Let's talk a little real estate. Let's bring in Tony Mendez. Joining me now, Tony Mendez, BayAreaLoanSource.com. That's BayAreaLoanSource.com. Let's talk about paying off debt in order to get that loan done. Uh, what would stop a loan from getting approved with debt? A high debt ratio. Okay. Uh, Dodd-Frank uh, implemented qualified mortgage rules. Lenders are, are sticking to it. Um, you know, there are ways to go over it with better credit, better equity, but for the most part, 43% is what they call the back-end ratio. That's all of your debt combined with the new mortgage payment with your taxes and insurance. So uh, credit card debt, car payment debt, student loan debt, any debt that you have adds to that ratio on a monthly basis. And uh, there are lenders now that will allow you to pay off that debt part of a refinance in order to qualify for a loan. So, for example... Let's say you have a 50% ratio with all of your debt. You have a $20,000 credit card with a $500 payment on a monthly basis, and you have you know, 25% equity in your home. Well, you could simply refinance. Sometimes you might get a higher rate, hopefully keep the same or lower, and you can get a double benefit here. But for dollar for dollar, that $20,000 is usually $1 for every $3. So it's 60-something percent lower in payment. Yeah, you might go pay interest over a period of time, but it allows you to save money and manage that debt and, and get that refinance done. This also works where, um, you know, with, with auto loans as well. Okay. I've seen people, I haven't seen anybody do student loans. That would be actually crazy in some, most cases that, that payment is incredibly low compared to the, the debt balance. Some of them are. Some student debt, you know, if you're not. I have it. seen them creep up recently, yeah. uh, but I still wouldn't, I just don't, I just don't, I feel really uncomfortable unless you're talking to a CFP or a CPA. And that guy's calling me and saying, hey, this is what we're doing. I've authorized you, you know, this, this borrower to do this type of transaction. Um, you know, this brings up a good point. You know, there's a lot of people that are doing transactions, uh, and they still do transactions over the last few years after, you know, getting a huge scare, of, you know, and, and a, a reality check and how risky mortgages can be. They're still making transactions without the advice of, uh, you know, their, their circle of trust. You know, those, those people, that the CPAs, the CFPs, that should be, you know, guiding them through this. Okay. 
and, and I know you agree with this, is I, you know that people make some strange money decisions. I saw a guy write off his kid's college tuition on his tax returns. <laughs> you know, it's like w- w- we had to wait another year just to get him done because it took away from his income. So people do crazy things. The real estate process is crazy in the first place, and don't complicate it by making, like, they're going to check your taxes now. Yep. Like, make sure you have a PDF copy of them. Um, otherwise, you're going to be, you know, Xerox and your your brains out. So that's one of the things I love about having an accountant is, you know, he, he the CPA. He just does the you know, PDF and it's always there and it's nice. It's, yeah. um, a lot of self-employed people need to be with, especially if they're doing a transaction in two years, within two years, to go with, go to their CPA and say, um, and their loan agent and have them work together and say, what do I need to qualify for? Because you don't use your gross income on on self-employed. You use your net income. Back in the day of liar loans. Did you still have to do um, tax returns? Uh, no, <laughs> no. Okay. It was it was you basically s- said I work in this industry, okay. and then they the you, you'd state an income, and then they would they had a website that they would go to that said okay this type of industry to say I'm a you know I'm a plumber for I'm a master plumber or master electrician how much does that make in this zip code where you live and it'll it'll set up a dollar amount. And a scale, a little chart, and if you fall within a certain variance, you you get the that you'll allow that income. It's crazy. Liar loans were crazy. One of the, you know, frustrating situations arise. I refinanced an office building that I own, and they wanted to do an appraisal. And what do you think an appraisal would cost? I I know how much the appraisal costs for a, a commercial property. So okay. it's probably over a thousand dollars. Five thousand dollars. Yeah. And it, it's tough because the comparables in that area, nothing sells. It's right next to a courthouse. So once someone buys it, they typically keep it forever. So there's no comparables, and that's why they're jacking up the appraisal fee on it. Um, so they were literally going to do like a, a really personal detailed. Yeah, that's, that's something that you, we talked about, appraisals and overvalue and, and so on. And, you know, comparables is a big issue right now with low inventory. Um, and that's another reason why people have to be concerned about you know, that appraisal. Yeah, thinking about that, you know, the home that I own, it would have tough comparables because it's it's such a unique street. So you go one mile, yeah. half a mile, half a mile away, and it ain't the same. It ain't the same I, community. I, I heard a realtor say that they said, "Well, you're going to pay forty thousand dollars more than the appraised value." He says, "But the but the, the realtor says, but your house now became a comp." <laughs> That's Tony Mendez. You need a loan, you need a refi, you can find him at BayAreaLoanSource.com. That's BayAreaLoanSource.com. And I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Um, European stocks, I mentioned this a little bit earlier, they've been kind of underperformers for obvious reasons of what's going on between Russia and Ukraine, as well as Israel and uh, Palestinians. Good strategies to have a healthy dose of international indexes inside your portfolio. Um, some people say 18% of your portfolio in an international basket of stocks, including some small, including some emerging markets um, as well. Housing starts in the United States rose to the highest level in eight months. That's another piece, piece of economic data today. But Home Depot, I think, has to be you know, the stock story of the day. Um, Home Depot, the largest home improvement retailer, posted revenue and earnings better than expectations. They raised their guidance higher than expectations. Rising home prices are encouraging consumers to spend more on renovations, while improved weather is spurring purchases of yard merchandise that shoppers passed up earlier in the year because of the late spring. That hits me. That's about right. Um, 
So Home Depot and Lowe's have both benefited from the housing rebound. Retailers that sell basic goods and apparel are struggling as lackluster wage gains restrained spending by middle and lower income consumers. Discounters like Walmart and Target, as well as department store chains Macy's, all reported second quarter results that showed evidence of a sluggish consumer demand, which is, I'm going to say unfortunate, but I don't want to use that word for some reason. Not why. Just not willing to do it. Not going not gonna to do it. Um, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Uh, bidding war breaks out on that whole dollar stores angle. Dollar General offering $9 billion to buy rival family dollar. Dollar Tree uh, was the other suitor, the initial suitor. Will Dollar Tree go to the well and you know overpay and or not? Um, there's no you know brutally right answer. Uh, retailer TJX. This is a company that I've uh, owned in the past and recommended to you in the past. Uh, when people are shopping for clothes, they like to feel you know this shirt compares at thirty dollars, but you can have it for fourteen ninety nine. Uh, they said second quarter earnings rose seven point nine percent. TJX did. Uh, TJX is TJ Maxx, Home Goods, and Marshalls. Uh, they continue to appeal to budget-conscious consumers during the sluggish economy. So they pulled in sales of seven, up 7.4% to $6.9 billion. Uh, for some reason, when I say that out loud, that sounds more impressive than I would have thought. Ticker symbol on TJ Max is TJX. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm not against it. Uh, I think at these levels... Um, the stock is got very it's fairly priced so I would consider it if you're looking for a discount play I would not sit, rush out and buy it unless you need a discount play in your portfolio but I don't think it's um, crazy expensive and I don't think it's crazy cheap so eh, I'm kind of meh on it um Taking a look today at the markets, we have a positive market all tied towards Home Depot. Not all tied towards Home Depot, but tied towards Home Depot. Um, tied towards Home Depot and uh, the housing data that came out. Other stories of note today. Uh, Gaza rockets rupture truce, triggering some Israeli airstrikes. That seems to be a story of note that's not going away. Take a break here. I'll be right back. You can find me online at robblack.com. Find me on Twitter, Rob Black Show. YouTube, Rob Black Show. I'm sorry to interrupt. It's just I'm constantly on the cuff. I've to kiss you. I don't know if you feel the same as I do. Weekend singing a little bit about Alameda, Berkeley, and Oakland. 
kind of sweet, right? Kind of sweet. 800-516-1220 calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. A um, couple stories that are kind of fun. I don't know. You'll go, that's not fun. McDonald's is going to sell packaged coffee in grocery stores. Um, I know a guy who owns a coffee store, and this probably has him going, really? Um, yeah, really. So McDonald's plans to start selling packaged coffee at supermarkets. This is a move intended to help raise the profile of the coffee sold at their stores. The world's biggest hamburger, hamburger, I like hamburger, has a uh, chain has made a deal with Kraft Foods manufacturing to distribute the bags of Mac Cafe ground and whole bean coffee. So the single cup pods that can be used in the at-home coffee machines. Um, fascinating, right? I, I guess Starbucks does it. Dunkin' Donuts does it. Why not McDonald's? McDonald's has done a pretty good job of highlighting coffee as a key growth opportunity. Trying to get customers to come in for one thing, maybe they get you know coffee and an add-on breakfast. So they've redesigned its coffee cups to have a more appealing look that people would want to carry around. They're trying to make a bigger push into more profitable coffee drinks, such as flavored lattes, a like a caramel macaron. Um, so they're going after flavored lattes um, rather than just drip coffee. So they did a pumpkin spice latte, which is pretty similar to a Starbucks drink that has a cult following, which includes none other than CFP Chad Burton. Continental, one of the largest automotive parts makers, it's not the airlines, they hired a Google self-driving car executive to lead a new operation aimed at intelligent transportation efforts. The company has said it's hired several Oz, Saval Oz, an expert in vehicle networking and automation who worked on Google's self-driving car project. She's going to lead a group of engineers and business people trying to come up with some new intelligent transportation systems for the Bay Area. So a lot of people think that the next frontier, space, the final frontier. Nope, not yet. The next frontier for automobiles is hardware and software that can control vehicles for short periods. Most car makers already are working on some sort of autonomous vehicle application. From basic levels where a car's computer can pull the car back onto the road when it veers off. Um, or stop the car to avoid hitting another vehicle. It's more complex things like getting you from point A to point B. So Daimler-Benz, uh, Daimler-Mercedes, uh, or Daimler's Mercedes-Benz, is offering a system in its 550 sedan that can virtually do all the operations as long as the driver's hands remain on the wheel. Um, I like it. Self-driving cars are important because they will lower our insurance rates. Uh, they will save us gasoline and help our economy. We will save billions of dollars. I have a friend who likes to accelerate all the way to a red light. So you can see that lights turning yellow and then red, and there's no chance you're going to be the first person through it. Like, all the way to the red light. Foot on the gas. And there's no sense in that. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800 516 1220 to get your calls on the air. Other big stories of note, online video advertising is growing many times faster than TV search. 
um, and most digital ad markets. So annual growth of advertising revenue by format um, up 19.5% through 2016. So that's an area that you want some exposure to, maybe even some investments in, because it's killing. It's killing the overall market, right? Uh, anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Money investing and more. Taking a look at world markets. Um, Asia, all green. Europe, all green. United States, all green. Um, all 10 of the major industrials as, on the standard pores, all green. Basic materials, communications, consumer cyclical, consumer non-cyclical, energy, financial, industrial, technical, technology, and utilities, all in the green. We're having a wildly up day <clears throat> as far as all. Uh, weakness day in oil, gold, silver, wheat, and corn, as far as the major commodities go. Consumer prices in the United States rose at the slowest pace in five months. Housing starts in the United States rose to the highest level in eight months. Very positive. Stocks rose on the news that inflation is under control, as well as Home Depot saying, hey, housing is doing pretty good, and we're the biggest housing play in the United States, as far as retail goes. Uh, Don Pardo dead. And you're saying, who's Don Pardo? He was a very baritone, baritone voice. Um, he worked on The Price is Right, Jeopardy, Saturday Night Live, dead, age 96. Lived in Arizona, Tucson. So he was a bridge between an era of radio and television. NBC hired him in 1944 to introduce shows and voice commercials on radio. Um, you got to say he lived a good life, right? 96 years old. His television work in, uh, started in the 1950s. Uh, the Colgate Comedy Hour, Winner Take All. Uh, worked on Price is Right from 1956 to 63. He uh, chose to stay at NBC as Price is Right moved to ABC. CBS reintroduced that show in 1972. Interesting, huh? I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. You can find me online at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 